0: hello and welcome to the pirates fan forum here on dk pittsburgh sports podcast network i'm your host gary morgan with me as always my good friend jim stam how you doing brother
1: doing good man one of these days we'll figure out technology uh, but you know there's always something going on
0: by the time we do the guarantee is we will have already been five or six generations behind the new cool thing so we'll figure it out just in time to move on to the next thing and be confused by that. And um, we decided to bring on Graves this week. Our, our good friend Graves is back with us. and Because we're going to be talking about a lot of roster move stuff. I figured, why wait for the eventual DM correcting all my mistakes when <laughs> I could just have Graves on to fix them in person while we we're recording? How are you today, Graves?
2: Guys, I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to sit down with you and talk some baseball, and um, I'm excited to be here today.
0: So today, everybody, we're going to be basically officially kicking off the Pirates off offseason. Um, I know it already has been the Pirates off season, but it officially starts now. So we're going to wrap up the World Series a little bit, and then we're going to dip into some of the important stuff that is coming up and some decisions they may or may not have already just made.
1: I thought this was going to be an hour-long Austin Hedges show. I'm sorry. I've I've misprepared.
0: It can be. I think it's a little crazy (laughs) the amount of hate that the guy is still receiving. Um, But, yeah, the the Texas Rangers pull it off. They win it in five, um, won every game they played on the road the entire postseason, which is crazy. Uh, I was rooting for them because, like we said on the show a couple weeks ago, It was their first World Series. I always root for that. And seeing some of the reactions from the fans, it hit me right in the feels because I know I'm going to break down like a big blubbering baby when and if it happens. Heck, I I broke down when Pedro had a single and they won a game against the Cardinals. (laughs) So, I mean, I know where I'm headed. But what did you guys think of the series? It wasn't very well viewed, I'll say that.
1: Yeah, ratings. Ratings were kind of down, um, you know. Baseball's so regional. Uh, I I just think that unless you get one of like the big five markets to carry it, it's probably going to be like that. I don't. I could care less about that aspect of it. Um, going into the um, nuts and bolts of the series, yeah, Gary, you touched on it, man. Like. Ten straight road wins for a team in, in the postseason is is bonkers. Like I know that it, it got talked about. I think it should be talked about more because, like, think about even regular season. You get a four game series against like the Braves in Atlanta. Yeah. You if you go two and two, you're. You're, you're headed home happy. They were ripped off 10 in a row against different teams all playing their best baseball. It's, it's insane. It really is.
0: I mean, in Graves, they did that largely on the back of Corey Seager, who's one of only four players to ever win two MVPs, the only one to ever win it in both leagues. You know where the, those other three people are, right? They're all in the hall. So, I mean, it yep. kind of feels like Corey's on, on a trajectory, doesn't it? Yeah. What did and, you, you think of the series in general? And
2: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with Jim. I, I don't really care, you know, who's in the World Series. I'm going to be watching. So, I think it. it both teams started out really strong. And uh, I'm, like, thinking, hey, this could go seven games. And then it was just kind of like, the switch and uh, they flipped the switch and, and Arizona didn't play so well defensively. They had the bullpen game, which I'm still at a loss on, on words for that. I, I, uh, it's the world series. I don't want to see a bullpen game, but uh, uh, you know, kudos to the Texas Rangers. Um, they played flawlessly and uh, had great pitching. Seeger was lights out. i I'm, I'm definitely he uh he was deserving of winning the MVP and and I mean even Marcus Simeon, I mean he he came up big. So yeah. the two big guys that they signed in the offseason, you know, it paid off for them.
1: Was was that game one where the D backs had the lead late and then gave up the the big home run? Was that game one? Yeah. Yes. Okay. You wonder if that series looks any different if they can just hold on to that game and get that first one, because, you know, the first one's pivotal. Uh, the third, four, the third pivotal. game's pivotal. Like, there's certain games that kind of matter more than others, and I thought the Diamondbacks, boy, they really they really missed that opportunity early. But, hey, you know, credit to the Rangers, man.
0: And i would say, too, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, and I felt like they, they did um, get there. With bullpen games, Graves. So I guess I wasn't too surprised to see them try to employ it in the World Series too.
2: You wonder, yeah, and that, and that's that's true, you know, and and you know after after the Diamondbacks did lose that that late one, you know they they bounced back most every other time. So I I was I was hoping to see that again, and it, they just just couldn't get it done.
1: And they, they did initially, you know, um, getting game two.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you wonder why teams like when you go into the postseason, like if the Arizona Diamondbacks would have just simply said, we're, we're just going to walk Corey Seager every time he comes up. Like we're just you're just not going to let him be. I know that's oversimplifying it, but like every time it's humanly possible, just don't let give him the Barry Bonds treatment. Um, I
0: certainly think they tried to do that in in game five and, you know, he ended up uh, reaching out and hitting pretty much an unhittable pitch to break up a no hitter, Mm -hmm. you know, um, which is a very Corey Seager thing to do. Right. You know, and then comes up later on with, with runners on, there wasn't much choice but to pitch to him and even. Yeah. I mean, so.
1: Situationally. Sure. I thought there were times earlier in the series where, they went after him, and um, uh, it was a big, big no-no.
0: Right, so the, the World Series. All in all, I think it was nice seeing some different teams in it. Uh, always nice to see. For me, I think that first-time winner. I think that's always nice for for the league. And I, I, I haven't gotten to see one personally. You know, so I, I'm I'm a little bitter, but at least it's in my franchise's history, right? So. I've always liked that that aspect of the World Series whenever there was a a fresh team in it. I thought that was a good thing. So we're starting the offseason, and we know what the clock looks like. It starts immediately, right? The baseball gives you no time to rest at all. We're going to take a quick break, but before we do, here's the rundown of what we're going to be discussing today. Free agency starts in five days. Um, Options, um, you have to pick them up or decline them within five days. 60 day remittals to the 40 man have to start within five days. And the non tender deadline is November 17th. And the Pirates have already moved somebody we were going to talk about as an option. Tucupino Marcano has been claimed off waivers by the San Diego Padres. So essentially, that trade now is Jack Sawinski and Michelle Milano. <laughs> Who's yeah. in Double A? So there, there it is. I mean, I think you can claim the Jack Zawinski trade probably a win anyway.
1: But it's, it's funny to Tukopita, I know we got to go, but it's just funny. You know, Charrington um, wanted him really badly. Um, twice, yeah, twice. The Padres obviously like him. So I don't know. There's something about the guy that that GMs seem to to like.
0: We can talk about him a little bit more when we start going through this list, because I think we're going to probably talk about the potential of dropping some other borderline talents just like him. Right, and we're back to the Pirates fan forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network Graves and Jim with you as well and we're going to dive into this as best we can Jim I started thinking about putting charts up and, and trying <laughs> to get all fancy with this with this uh, video recording but the numbers are the numbers we have far more audio listeners than we <laughs> than we do video watchers yeah so I think we need to keep this thing semi-friendly, so I'm not going to read off lists of names and just go ape and ham. We're going to kind of be realistic about it. The reality is, the Pirates could protect or leave exposed any number of players this year for for the Rule Five. It, I don't think everybody was a consensus belief that Jared Triolo was going to be you know protected last year, and they certainly did there and you know, it's not always a roll of thumb that you don't protect people that are in double A, like Leo Verpoguero has been hanging out for a couple of years on, on the, the 40 man. So I kind of just dove through everything. And I thought first, before I start worrying about how many guys I need to get rid of, let's worry about all the guys that I think are worth worrying about keeping, <laughs> right? Because before you start making holes, In other words, if I tell my wife to go to the store and I hand her $10, whatever she gets is going to cost $10. If I give her seven, it's going to cost seven. So I'm not going to tell you we need to cut 20 spots if we really only need to cut two.
1: $10 in this economy, Gary, where are you shopping? I need to know. I do all the shopping.
2: Okay.
0: That that scenario never actually (laughs) happens. I was just making it up. Um. What what's going to happen immediately here is the players are going to get added back onto the 40 man. And that comes from like the 60 man expirations. You have to put them back on the roster. And we know some of those coming up, Graves. We have JT Brewbaker, Mike Burrow. Some of these you have to make two decisions on. You gotta decide I want to take them back off the 60-man and put them on my roster, and I want to tender them. So if if there's a guy like J.T. Brubaker, for instance, that has tender and 60-man next to his name, if they make one decision, they're essentially making the second decision, right? Right. So I think it's fair to say Tucapita Marcano was in that class. Yeah. They made the decision, right? <laughs> they didn't have to tender him, but they had to take him off the 60-man to get him back on the 40 and they decided pretty quickly, not so much. Are you guys a little shocked by that? I feel like he's a big enough character that we should probably spend a little time talking about that, right? Great, Scott.
2: I, I, I wasn't totally surprised. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of tough decisions that have to be made this offseason. And, you know, the the injury obviously hurt to Capita's chances of making this team he's going to be out uh most of 2024 and so i i think it was almost i won't say it was an easy decision to to put him on waivers and 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 to see him go but i'm i'm not surprised i think there's more there there's other players that we want to see more from and have a have a higher ceiling than what uh, pita could provide.
0: Yeah, that's why the injury was such a shame, Jim. Because mm-hmm. it kind of wrote the story for him, right? Because I, 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 I'm not saying that his numbers impressed me; they didn't. And I think he had a tough path anyway with with some of the competition that's in front of him for playing time. But I didn't hate his game either. Like, I think it's entirely possible he turns into something.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll tell you how I looked at it. I really didn't react to it from a ex- expectations or or not for them doing it. What I kind of gleaned from it is is that maybe it's an indication from this regi- regime that um, – they are going to make decisions a little more um, with the focus on whether or not they can help soon quicker than in the past. You know, more immediately yeah. looking at, like, can can they help within the next year or so? We need to start figuring that out really quickly. And so he's not going to be in that situation. And I just felt that like, maybe it's an indication of how they're going to really looking at it as opposed to how they were doing it before.
0: That makes sense, I guess. Um, I don't think there's any other real controversial decisions there. The only one that I think we'll make really quickly here, Arlene Garcia is, is a simple choice to just not pick up his option, right? I mean, like, as far as I know, still can't grip a baseball. So I don't see any chance of him being added back into this roster Do you.
1: It, if I, unless I, I looked for something recent on him, it, if I've missed it, ladies and gents, tell me because I, I, I assume he's still alive, I, but I, I don't know anything other than that, right? There's so, uh, you know, I, I just heard, heard he, Jason
0: Mackey say the other day that he didn't think that he could still pick up a baseball okay. stuff. Yeah. And
2: I, I mean, it, to give to to answer your question, he is still alive. I think he's actually doing a uh, podcast or joining some type of show in the uh in the uh winter leagues um down in the oh, Dominican. Cool. So um yeah, uh, you know, the, what there's no buyout. Uh, I mean, it's not to say that they couldn't uh you know, re sign him to, to something less than the three point two five million, but uh yeah, if he's if he's not healthy, there's just it's a it's a no brainer.
0: Right. So that's an easy decision.
2: And, and again, I
1: think, it again goes back to what I lo- I'm looking at now is like, if you don't, if you just don't know if there's not going to be any immediate help, it's time. Like it's time in my mind, at least.
0: Yeah. The other 60 uh, man guy, you know, Kutch. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not really on the roster, you know, so I'm not going to leave a spot for him. They'd be smart not to leave a spot for him too. Kind of make a decision with him, wink, wink, nod, nod. You're going to get signed. Don't talk to anybody. We'll get it done.
2: Yeah, You know, no really to
0: use up the forty man spot right now.
2: Right. You know him and him and Vince basically became free agents this morning, so right. they're uh, they're they're free agents. That there's that five day window where they can only negotiate with the Pirates. But uh, but yeah, you know I I think something's going to definitely get done with Kutch. It's just a. Yeah, wait and wait and see, and and uh, not make making anything too quickly.
0: So that puts us around forty-four, as far on the forty-man. I, I think when you when you finish up all the math, and that obviously isn't where you want to be. You know, a lot of things have to happen, but first things first. You have to make room for people that you want to protect on the forty-man from the Rule Five draft. You do that first. And then you worry a little bit later about making room for free agents and you make, and you worry about making room for trades and things like that down the road. You got to leave yourself a spot for roll five guy. You might want to get, although I don't think the pirates should really be in the market this year.
1: Right.
0: Um, That said, unless there's somebody like Hernandez again, that you really think could legitimately help you by all means.
1: If you're sitting there and a guy falls into your lap that you've loved, I mean, then of course you make some kind of a, you know, arrangement to do it.
0: Right. So that's four spots. Now I looked through the, the people that, you know, I think they could find spots for, and I gotta be honest, there's maybe three that I think have a good shot of being protected. None of them would I consider absolute lock-have-to-be-protected guys. I, I don't think that we have the problem we all forecasted because they took care of most of it as we played out 2023. They ended up adding most of the guys that I think were going to be a concern in this category, really, as the season played out. So the list I'm left with for adding and protecting here is really sung Shei Cheng. I think he's probably the, the most important position player as far as protection goes. Braxton Ashcraft probably breaks a rule for me, being that he's really a double-A pitcher and hasn't pitched a whole lot, but he's got top-end crazy stuff, and he has gone through Tommy John, Looks like his stuff is back. He's a really quality pitcher. I feel like he would probably get picked up and and stashed in someone's bullpen if we didn't protect him. And then late-comer here, Jace Bowen, for me. Um, I'm still iffy on this one, but I've been significantly talked into it because he's had a good fall in the Arizona Fall League. That didn't mean anything for uh, Blake Sable last year. but. This is the same type of player can play a lot of different positions. One of them being first base. all of them being the outfield predominantly got a little bit of power. He's a guy that I could see after that guys, it gets a little bit light for me. I just don't see anybody else worth protecting. And the popular name that people like to throw at me is Jared Jones. He doesn't need protected this year. So no need for that discussion. Graves, anything I missed out of that crazy long diatribe?
2: No, it really Chang might be the the closest thing to a to a lock that I see. But I, I actually um, noted the same three um, players that you did, and I, I, I you know, I, I think maybe sometimes we 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 look back at last year and think about you know what the eleven guys that we lost uh, between major league rule five and minor league rule five. Right. And, you know, we, we got lucky with uh, Jose Hernandez, you know, um, and we're able to carry him all, all year long and, and he did really, really well. So I, uh, I, I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't see that many being, being protected and uh, it, uh, but it should be, should be interesting times.
0: I mean, Jim, I've heard, some people bringing up some of the same names from last year. I hear Nunez again. I hear Gorski again. I just don't see it. Um, no. another um, guy that people are trying to force feed me at least is Joe Perez. I have a hard time believing that a guy that just went through waivers last year could have been anywhere for 50 grand is going to go anywhere for a hundred grand this year. I, I just,
1: I- yeah, I, just don't think I so man right. I mean, and you know, here's what I would say: uh, if if the 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 names you just listed with Nunez and the other ones, I just look at it like, look, if someone's going to take a chance and do that, I'm not going to weep over it if it happens. Um, yeah. Even for me, Bowen is Bowen is somebody that I'm on the fence about. Um, I don't necessarily think um he's a lock, but I can understand the line of thinking there. Um so Yeah, the good good problem here is I don't think there's a big group of names where there's a lot of huge argument about who you would keep. And if someone's bringing up Jared Jones and you see that he's not protected, there's only one reason for that, and that's because he doesn't have to be.
0: It's the same reason Paul Skeens won't be protected.
1: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) those guys, I mean, we're not forgetting Guys like that, trust me. Right.
0: So you got to make room, right? That's two, three guys there we're kind of thinking of. So let's talk about adding or subtracting spaces. And one of the first ways to do that is to go through the tender list. And that's the people that, you know, are do arbitration. And right now you're not deciding what they're getting paid. You're just kind of deciding whether you want to even pursue this with them. Most of this list again with the pirates because we've been in this position. They're pretty simple decisions. Mitch Keller, I think for six million, you're going to go ahead and do it. Hopefully, we don't even get to this process. You just sign him, right? David Bednar, really not a discussion. Four point seven million somewhere in there. You're going to absolutely take him to arbitration. Miguel Andujar, I don't know. I mean. I kind of like called last year. I didn't see it happening. This year, no matter what they did with him, it's worth a discussion. I mean, try to sell me on on tendering Miguel Andujar for two point two million dollars. And if you do, what do you do with him?
2: Graves to have a crack. Well, I think it goes back to to what Jim has been saying too. I mean. The 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 focus has shifted here to who can help us now. You know, Miguel or had a great 2023. There's no doubt about that. 100 RBIs between Double A or Triple A and in Major League Baseball. I mean that that's something that should be should be noted. I mean he had an incredible year, but knowing that McCutcheon's coming back most likely. um I don't, I really don't see the fit. I, um, yeah. I, I, I actually, I, I actually, I, I non tender, you know, and if, uh, he goes elsewhere, then, you know, then, then that's what it is. But, um, uh, he's not somebody that I'm going to, uh, you know, be sad with either way or happy about either way. He's just, uh, I, I think he's more of a, of a just a, a a player that we just don't know enough about, and it can go either way. And I'm I'm willing to let him go.
3: It's I mean,
0: how you could play the game where you you take him and you DFA him again, and you know nobody wants to pay him that. So you, yeah. maybe you go with him for two point five to stash him in the minors again. I wouldn't be willing to do that if I were him, though. After the playing time he got in September, right?
1: Well, I've been saying even last year with him is if I was him, I would be saying, let me go some, if you're not really going to give me a chance, let me go somewhere where I can, you know? Um, right. I, it's funny to me how l- long the pirates have kind of toyed with this situation.
0: Speaking um, of uh- – Letting people go off and pursue their life's work. The pirates have also now moved on from Cody Bolton, Vinny Capra and Revis. We all knew Ah. Revis was going to be gone. So right away that tells you they are not afraid of replacing him at first base, which I did not think they would be, but that clears up three more spots right there. So our imaginary 44 is already sitting at 41. Was that,
1: was that Michael that gave us that information? Yeah. Yeah yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. That was That was good. Those are definitely three names I had on my checklist. so
0: Canyon um, tried to, too. See? Oh, new moves, guys. <laughs>
1: you t- You too, Canyon.
0: So Miguel Anduhar, I think it's a nuanced discussion. I don't think it's as simple as just let him go, or but I also don't just don't think this team is in a position to be trying desperately to make a fit for a guy who's a maybe. You know, so I think there's some there's some different ways that we can approach that. Connor Joe, I personally think is a no-brainer. Boy, Craig, my, my writing partner certainly doesn't think that. I mean, he's he seems to think like there's at least a good shot that they'll move on from him. I don't. I think he is that insurance policy at first base, Graves, that maybe I think you were thinking Rivas might be.
2: Well, I mean, I am um... – he wasn't, Rivas was never really in, in, in my plans. I, I, I actually like uh, you know, uh, the idea of, of Connor Joe and, and Triolo playing there along with bringing in, a um, a, a free agent, uh, to play there most of the time. Um, while Triolo continues to learn the position, um, you know, I think, you know, Rivas was, was, was okay for the time that we needed him last year. Um, and, um, you know, now he's going to go get another opportunity. So, you know, good, good for him. And, um, but no, he certainly wasn't a long-term answer. It surprises
1: me, Craig, with Connor, Joe, I just, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't in love with him at the beginning of the year, but you know, he's was really pretty productive. And I, I think that there's still a need for, I mean, someone that had 31 doubles and, you know, 11 home runs and 450 at-bats or whatever it was. Um, and his OPS was 760. I would think that even if he doesn't factor into that much playing time again, that there's a spot for someone that can provide some pop off the bench, if nothing else. And he's got some positional versatility. So... I I I I see him as I I don't say definite but I'd be I'd be really surprised if he if if they moved on from him.
0: Well look, you were right to be suspicious about Craig because he says Joe is his guy. Oh he, he was in favor oh. of non-tendering JT. So see, I listened and didn't comprehend. I think, <laughs> let's let's clear up these roster moves too, because now I'm reading directly from
1: the pirates. So can I, can I just let me add one more thing about Andy Hart. My biggest thing would I would say this. Is there anything that's really going to surprise us now about Miguel Andujar? Do we not know kind of what he is? And, and I, I just, I just don't see anything where you can do the fear of missing out at this point. I think he is what he is. He can drive in a few runs. Not a very good fielder. I, I just, I'm okay. I'm okay with just moving on.
0: Yeah, I think like the fear is that you're letting go of an Adalis Garcia type, right? But I think people yeah. just don't realize like how how rare that is that something really takes off like that. Like Pelosius, I think is as close to that as you're going to get a guy that's just hitting home runs and suddenly kind of comes up at 28 years old and starts doing something out of nowhere. That's that's really what he did. You know, right. back back in 21 when he kind of broke through. So I, I think that it's just a different type of player. Miguel Andujar, my biggest concern, there's no place to play him. You're like, you, if, if you don't like certain things that you're dealing with in defensively in right field right now, you're not going to like it with, with him. You're just not. And you can't put him in left field. You just can't. He doesn't have the range for left field. First base is an adventure. Third base, he was kind of okay at. The Yankees didn't like it, even when he was hitting.
1: (laughs) They just masked it. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, I I just don't see there's some like big surprise. He's going to be 29. I think he is what he is at this point. So, anyways, go on, Gary. All right, so Ryan Barucki
0: is, is another one there that I don't think is much of a question. $1.3 million for a lefty that I think was at least pretty serviceable, and it isn't going to kill you if he reverts into a pumpkin. So I think you probably go ahead and do that. He's the direct replacement for Garcia, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he shocked me as the year went on. So oh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, at that price, that's a no-brainer for any team, I would
0: think. But he shocked me a lot, like your old buddy Transam Rick did. Like <laughs> where he doesn't look like he's doing anything to get those, those strikeouts and outs and, and weak contact and just keeps doing it. So I kind of always look at a guy like that as somebody that could regress just as quickly as he came on. And I never forget that a guy like that has already been through several teams doing exactly that. So it's always right there on the table. that's well, <laughs> read these transactions just so people know what, what actually happened. Cody Bolton got traded to Seattle for cash. Vinny Capper has been claimed off waivers by Milwaukee. Um, Rivas has been claimed off waivers by Cleveland and Marcano claimed off waivers by San Diego. So clearly the Pirates have made these decisions, you know, a little while back and, and we just kind of found out about them now. So, all in all, nothing too unexpected there, right? There's still a little bit more junk to clean out of the drawer there, don't you think?
2: Yeah, yeah. There, there definitely is. But this this is a good start, um, a good start to the offseason. And uh, I, you know, I, I know bolton i I won't even say he's a surprise i, I think i i was pretty disappointed in 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 uh, his performance um in twenty twenty three so um you know good for him you know good good luck in Seattle so i mean I like the young man um uh, but it, but there's not anybody there that uh that really is uh i'm gonna miss
1: yeah Bolton to me was somebody that Maybe a fresh start is better for him at this point. Um, you know, his loss, he was pretty good. He just never seemed to have any confidence. I think he just showed that he wasn't a confident guy uh, on the mound. I don't know how he was in the minors, but, you know. Confident. That was yeah. one of his
0: biggest things, man. Like, honestly, he looked like he owned his repertoire.
1: Yeah. That was and a
0: huge, huge Cody Bolton supporter.
1: Right. So it just goes to show. I mean, it's a humbling game when you get to the majors because he did not. He did not exude that.
2: Yeah, right. and, I, and and I know I'm in the minority on this, but you know his his up and down, back and forth from AAA to, to uh, Major League Baseball all season. You know, he he maxed out on us five times. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I I get that the player has to perform when their number is called, but I think I think that it's tough. When when one month you're in Indianapolis and then you're called up to Pittsburgh for two weeks and then you're back in Indianapolis, you just never really able to settle in. So I think I think, um, yeah, a change of scenery for Bolton might might be a good thing.
1: Well, you talk you talk about these guys and what you hear a lot. And this is just something from listening to older players uh, or recently retired guys and it's that it's that mind game of like saying okay i can compete with these guys i belong here and yeah. i just think for whatever reason sometimes they never they never get to say that to themselves and then before you know it it's gone sideways on you and so i think that that's just the big thing if you can tell yourself that and you believe it and you see some results from it That's that last big hurdle to, you know, to, to being able to stick.
0: So the way I'm counting this pirates have 37 officially on their 40 man out of 40 that's without the 60 man guys, they have to add back in O'Neill Cruz, Angel Perdomo. Oh, they don't have to, but they could choose to. Right. Angel Perdomo. Uh Mike Burroughs and JT Brubaker. So three spots, four guys. There's either somebody else who has been DFA'd and has cleared and we haven't heard about it yet. And, or there's somebody else that is going to be traded in the near future <laughs> that we should be waiting to hear about. Um, I think there's still some pretty easy cuts, though, even just going through the pitching. Like, you have a guy like Hunter Stratton, who he only got a little cup of coffee, but he was kind of long in the tooth to begin with and almost more of a a system guy that that got caught up at the end there. I felt encouraged about his future because he was one of these Rule 5 decisions, and I felt like they kind of went ahead and made it last year. But I don't think that's a guarantee that he sticks. Um, Kyle Nicholas wasn't spectacular, obviously, in the little time he got. That said, I think his arm's big enough that he's worth keeping around, even if just <laughs> curiosity for a little while. Max, yeah, Panic, probably the same way, right? Although I could yeah. see them trying to sneak him through if they felt like it. Heck, I Perdomo's a guy they could try to sneak through.
1: Yeah, I think Cranek um, is somebody that you might be able to do that with. Um, when it comes to Nicholas, I think it was just so sh- such a short little stint, and um, the first one went—I think it was the first action he got—went horrifically wrong, if I recall. So, it, to, to me, that's that's too early um, to to make a determination on his arms still got. His arm's got a lot of life on it.
0: Totally agree with that. What do you guys think about Thomas Hatch and Bailey Falter? I'll let you start with this one. Because Bailey Falter, to me, probably pitched a little better than he got credit for there down the stretch for the Pirates. That said, I don't want him anywhere near my rotation next year. (laughs) At least not my starting rotation. You need guys like this in AAA to to call up on. So he might be a guy that I'd be more inclined to hold on to than Thomas Hash. That said, Falter doesn't have any options.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, looking at the, the options are going to play a big role possibly in, in who they do decide to keep. Um, I mean, even somebody like, you know, Jackson, you know, he's, he doesn't have any options left. They've got several guys that that have no options. So, I mean, is it going to come come down to that? It it can certainly um, be. But uh, but you know but Bailey Fulter did did do well enough that um, I would I would keep him around. Like you said, I mean we need pitching, and um, you did he did well
0: enough. I guess my question is just to what end? Like let's say like you keep him around, and then come spring he he does well i don't know that you're gonna have left the spot for him like no matter what like i don't think there's a there's a world where bailey falter could do anything to convince the pirates that he's in the opening day rotation
2: yeah i i agree with that i mean you know if uh uh, you know triple a depth if 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 nothing else is is probably you know where where he'll uh He'll max out and, and be used um, on 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 this team, um, right?
0: And Hatch doesn't have any options either, and and yeah. obviously neither does uh, neither does Perdomo. But I I would think like if you're gonna keep Perdomo or activate him off the sixty, he's probably somebody you're planning on being on this team. That said, you know we're talking about this bullpen. Well, now we're talking about Barreky. And Perdomo and Hernandez, and they're all guys that we kind of want to be in this bullpen. That's three lefties: Wojcinski, Holderman, Bednar. I mean, I'm already at six. And where are we improving? You know what I mean. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we're probably giving a little too much credit to like what we saw was okay, but feels to me like the Pirates could probably move on from a lot of these guys. They have 26 pitchers. At least they did before they made these these recent moves. You know, on their 40-man, you got like Osvaldo Beto types on there. And, you know, Yeri De Los Santos, I thought, got a decent shot and, and never really stepped up. And I'm not sure he fits into the back end picture. You don't want to go and just start willy-nilly cutting your depth. But now it, you might see a guy like Hernandez start in AAA if only because he has options
1: right i i think it comes down to is like when you sit here and you look at the list and you're deciding who to keep and maybe who to you know get rid of or it, it really comes down to like what's your mindset of what you're planning to do with them if you do keep them like that that would that's what worries me like you mentioned falter i i mean if you have some kind of plan for him Okay, I'll listen to that. It just I just don't want to hear him being in the starting rotation talk. So, like, tell me why you're thinking what you're thinking, or give me an indication, and then I'll I could be more comfortable with it. But I think so so much of it comes down to. And Gary, you mentioned this. Yeah, you, know, you do need guys for depth. You don't know what kind of injuries you're going to have. Look what just happened to them. You're going to need yeah. spot starts, and you're going to need double headers, and you know for double headers or whatever, whatever the case. So I just think that like you, you know there's there's a lot of different facets to it. My big concern is what's your mindset with some of these guys? What are you what are you hoping to get out of them? Because In the past, that that was a little different than what I want to see now.
0: So, here's another guy that I think is interesting, if only because I don't know what you do with him one way or another. Alika Williams. He had a good stretch in AAA offensively that I think they really hoped would carry over uh, to the majors. And he did some things. You know, he's athletic. He plays – I think he probably has – the best shortstop glove uh, in the system right now, at least anywhere near the, the top end of the system. Um, that said, I don't think that's going to be enough to get him on this club or even sniffing this roster. I'm not sure you need to cut him Cause like I said, we're not real desperate for space and it's always nice to have a good glove as backup, but He's not in this picture either, really, right? I mean you could probably move on from him if you really felt like it.
1: He is a guy that I mean they gave him over a hundred plate appearances. And I just They
0: gave Marcano the fourth most on the team.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying (laughs) I'm saying I think they were they were trying to give him at least a decent look and the bat just got knocked out of his hands almost almost nightly. I mean, you're talking about somebody who slugged 248. I mean, we don't need him to be, you know, a world player. but uh, I just – God bless him. I, I just think that that's a perfect example of a guy that once you get to the majors and you start facing power pitching, it can start looking a little ugly for some guys that are a little slight.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty much a run through the roster. And I mean a run through the roster. I defy anyone to do that in 20 minutes and not sound like a chicken with their head cut off. <laughs>
2: and but,
1: and and we dealt with breaking news. <laughs> breaking yeah. news as well, yeah.
0: But, I mean, I look at the Roll 5 protection list and I look at the current roster and some of the discussions we just had about, like, some delicate, maybe we want to keep some more depth-type options you're going to have to make some real decisions on that. Like how likely is it that somebody like Czech is going to get picked up? And could he stick on a roster all year? I don't know. Jace Bowen. I'm not sure. I mean, I think if San Francisco was truly, truly in it, I'm not sure Blake Sable does to be honest. I mean, like even, even though he performed okay for a roll five, he was still like a below average player. <laughs> like, let's let's not act like we lost like, you know, Luke Gehrig or something to yeah to the Reds and ultimately San Francisco. But Bradley yes. Nashcraft's the one that scares me as far as getting away.
1: I agree with you. I think you get if you're gonna be cautious anywhere, you do it with arms and let the other let the other chips fall where they
0: may. I do think Chang has a a chance to be special. He's got some special in him. And I'm afraid to let that go just because of what it could turn into. That said, I look at the gauntlet he's got to run over to get playing time on this team. Not only just who's here right now, but you got Termar thrown into that mix for for playing middle infield. And you got, you know, some pretty – impact bats trying to make their way through as well which don't think he's going to be a power guy ever so yeah, that said his bat is threatening Ugh. it's going to yep. be a crazy off season and that's a quick overview of it everything
1: well <laughs> so and, and trades trades will should play a big part in this i would hope that it does because we keep hearing that word we've even heard it from Sherrington. so we'll see We'll see.
0: Let's take another quick break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about some of the rule changes that Rob Manfred seems to want to make in baseball. How they contradict what's actually going on in the game. We're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on TK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Gary, Graves, Jim, and we just got done talking about the roster like crazy. We need some lighthearted stuff. Let's talk a little bit about some of the comments Rob Manfred made about potential role changes that could be coming to the game. Because Robbie, he did everything in his power to increase the offense of output, that Major League Baseball is is uh, producing by, you know, banning slash slowing down the shift, really. And, uh, you know, putting in a pitch clock, which I think, you know, he felt would ultimately change the rhythm of pitchers and, you know, get more offense going. And the bases are bigger, so there's more stealing. All that stuff is supposed to be the case. Do all that, and then out of the other side of your mouth you complain that starting pitchers aren't stars anymore. Well, <laughs> I don't think Robbie's rules have anything to do with that. I think analytics wants have everything to do with that. Um, the third time through is a mustard bomb. To be honest, for a lot of pitchers, it's bad. Until you can get to a point where that is disproven i don't think we're talking about guys have having you know wussy arms or you know being afraid to throw too much i think we have analytics departments telling managers don't have this guy face them three times look what happens how can rob fix that jim
1: yeah, it comes down to teams just find a way to get around what, what, what you put in place, right, to still accomplish what they want to do. And I saw the statistic is because they, you know, they reduce the number of pitchers by one. And it barely changed anything as far as how many number of innings pitch starters were going. So, uh, All it's going to do
0: is create two Cody Bolton's per team instead of one.
1: Yeah, I, I they'll find a way around it because it's the 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 data is so. So obvious that you start facing guys three or four times, three even. It's it's you're not as effective.
0: It's so but obvious you could sway Jim Leland into his gut being wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. You could take the most hardcore guy, baseball guys, unless you're talking elite pitchers, you're you're not going to let them face face those those lineups a third time. So well, Graves, what do you
0: think? Because he's talking to you. You said earlier, like, you didn't appreciate seeing that bullpen game in the World Series. Well, that's exactly what he's talking about. He's right. I identify with him as a fan. Yeah, How do you fix
2: it? Well, you certainly don't, uh, I I, I don't see how reducing the number to 12 is going to help anything. I think it's that we're looking at the right hand, talking to the left hand here. It's a matter of, I mean, we hear all the time, velocity, 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 how hard was he throwing? Oh no, this guy lost velocity. You know, he's broken. And, and, and to me, it's going max max effort all the time is not the same as pitching you're just trying to outdo the the hitter and to me pitching is more along the lines of of reggmatics and painting the corners and out outsmarting the opponent and and you know t- take it a little bit off and but knowing that you've got that 98 mile an hour fastball in your back pocket if you need it instead of throwing 98 every single time. Um, and the way we're developing pitchers now, like you said, you know, not going three times through, through the lineup, not, not facing them three times. We're, we're, we're not, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, well,
2: we're, we're not, we're not developing the guys the same way. Um, not because they're less, talented, but it's like you said, the numbers are showing otherwise. And I don't, I don't know how reducing it to 12, I mean, benefits somebody like Jose Hernandez. I mean, how are the pirates going to um, keep, I mean, obviously he did very well, sure. um, you know, this past year, but if we had 12 coming into this year, would he even be an option for us to pick up and to, and to draft? Because, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. We've got 12 guys. We can't really afford to have a rule five guy carried on the roster all year. And I also see the whole, the same thing with with Cody Bolton happening again. You know, he's up and down and up and down and up and down. How, how many other pitchers are we going to see in that same situation? Because, oh, now now we need a fresh arm. You know, oh,
0: Jim, I, I could see them doing something like uh, having a permanent pitching taxi squad. You know, instead of like the option game and, and you can kind of rotate fresh arms in that way. Almost like the NHL does the the bench where you know you got guys that just sit up in the press box, you know, and and you call them out whenever you just need fresh legs, you know, in the middle yeah. of a back to back or something along those lines. I think it's, but that's not gonna address his
1: problem there.
0: No I, I just don't that. think there is one.
1: You mean a solution or a yeah. problem? Okay. I think there's yeah. a
0: solution.
1: Yeah, I, I, look, I've said this about hitting for a while now in baseball. I think um, teams have figured out that it's it's hard to harder to find the real well rounded guys, right? So you yeah. can teach brute force. <laughs> you can teach brute force with the bat. You can accomplish the same thing you wanted on the scoreboard without having to be the guy that takes pitches the other way, that really knows the strike zone, but you can you can hit the ball over the fence. So to me, it's kind of like it's a lazier version of baseball in the sense that they figured out that they can get that stuff a different way. Well, I think we're seeing that now on the pitching side as well, which yeah. is... It's hard to find those Max Scherzers of the world and those Strasbergs of the world. But what you can do is find a lot of guys now that can bring gas, and they may not be able to paint the corners. But you know what? You'll take the trade off. A, you're not having to pay them as much. B, there's more of them. And I just, I think it's a la- it's late, it's lazy baseball and it goes into teams have figured out a different way to do it, but it does hurt the overall product from what we've seen throughout the majority of the years in baseball, but it's where we're at. I, that's, I think
0: that's all fair. But I think that's, that's true. The other thing that that Reynolds did is he went ahead and announced that Brian Reynolds was going to win the, uh, the MVP of the league in 2025 because robot ops are coming. And when they do, there is nobody going to be more joyous than Brian Reynolds because he is going to walk about 130 times a year, I'd say, if pitchers are going to continue to try to nibble. <laughs> this is a guy that when when you miss by a fraction of an inch, he knows it. Yeah. And he goes back and looks at that iPad and he knows he was right. Even if we are screaming at the TV, you have no business taking that. Well, come 2025, he's going to be able to take that. In fact, you're going to want him to be able to take that, right?
1: Yeah. The
0: whole game's going to going actually I think regress from that
1: because hitters are just too good. It It actually amazes me what hitters what what their eye is like sometimes you know and i think what's kind of funny is is like side to side on the plate i think you can be a really good judge of that they know when it misses like that much under the zone and like umpires aren't even getting that and they're just sitting there watching it from behind the plate and yet they know as hitters Maybe the hitters should be umpires. I don't know. Maybe I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just saying, like, it's so amazing that you can know that it misses like that. It's incredible.
0: It really is. It's going to change the game when it happens. And it sounded just from his comments as though that's on the cusp of happening. So, Graves, here's my hot take. The Pirates are smarter than everyone else. And that's why they're holding on to Henry Davis as a catcher because – Come 2025, it won't matter whether you can frame or not. Can you block balls? Can you throw runners out? That's about all you're going to need to do back there.
2: Well, it, and, and while that's true, my big thing is, as a, is a catcher, um, is having that relationship with your pitcher. You know, that was, uh, Andy is, is well above, well, well ahead of, of, uh, uh, Henry Davis in that regard he, you know he had that one slip up with with uh, uh Oviedo late in the year where he went out there and was joking around with it and and Oviedo had some uh some comments after the game you know he, he needs to be in the you know be focused so I uh I, I, I want I want to see Henry uh improve in, in that regard just almost as much as, as, as blocking balls I think that's just a, a huge part of it being able to get the most out of your pitcher um, and not uh, not so much worried about your your own stats
1: I, I would I make a bigger comment about just f- the framing and stuff in general is is you know I, I look I respect it as an art form because it truly is but I do think it's damaged the game. Uh, you know, it's, it's created a lot of, um, uh, I mean, essentially what you're doing is you're trying to trick the umpire. So the fallout from that has been just, I mean, from fans to umps to players to, I mean, and the better they've gotten at it, the bigger that fallout has become. So it's kind of probably, if you're a fan of, um, robot umpiring thank framing because i think it's where a lot of this has stemmed from so i think it's
0: i think it's come from broadcasts and mlb themselves technology yeah. mlb themselves putting up nonstop, instantaneous uh, proof that umpires are wrong and if you're going to do that and you have the ability provably to be right you're going to be right. Like I saw here, like our buddy uh, over at Bridge to Bucktober here, he says it's going to be a challenge system, he imagines, which means that the catcher's position will still matter on every pitch and it can be challenged. That's true. I, I completely agree with that. But it's a slippery slope. Once it's introduced, people aren't going to accept wrong sometimes when they know they could have right all the time that's what's going to happen i don't care how they introduce it it will wind up eventually being the umpire gets a buzz on his right side and it's a strike and a buzz on his left side and it's a ball that's just all there's going to be to it at some point
1: yeah, it's it's interesting. A lot of the things we've talked about when it comes to the rule changes for pitchers and they want to try to preserve maybe starting pitchers a little bit more in the in their impact in the game. And this is what Josh is talking about, which is not going to totally eliminate what catchers do. Yeah. But like how much teams can't wait to devalue those things because of those things. And I'm quite sure the players association is very, very, very interested in making sure that that does not happen. But that's, that is what happens. If you have to, if you can take away some of their skill or importance, teams aren't going to pay as much for that. They're just not going to.
0: You know what it reminds me of? And Graves, I don't know how big of a hockey fan you are, so I don't know if this will resonate with you, but years ago you remember how how freaked out the NHL was about um, the role of the, the the goon or the checker or the enforcer being kind of legislated out of the game. Okay. and they, Because they wanted to protect players, so they kind of eliminated that role, and that was a, a role that a lot of Canadians identified with, right? You know, like, so it was something that I think the traditionalists were a little upset about being taken out of the game. And then the people that just want a good, solid hockey game and don't necessarily need to see somebody turned into roadkill in the process um, kind of embraced it, you know? And and being in Pittsburgh, were a skill fan. You know, when it comes to hockey, we want to see skill and speed because that's what, you know, we've always won with. So we were happy to get rid of the enforcer. We were we were we sacrificed our own. We were like, yeah, take that dude off our team. Get rid of him. (laughs) You know, he all he did is get penalties. Goodbye. But other teams, not so much. That was their identity. Right.
1: Well, Well, it was a way for other teams. Same
0: situation going, right? you got an entire Field of of players that exist because they're good at something that you're going to take away from them.
1: Yeah, I mean you could you could um, put this in NFL terms. How how for how many years did you have those like head hunting safeties, and they were just detonating everybody that came across the middle? So I think you see this in every sport that. Like would Devin know,
0: Hester be a star today? Yeah. No. Because they've taken the return game out of football. Oh, the return
1: game. I thought you meant as a receiver because he got blown up. I'm just saying, would Devin
0: Hester be a, a star today as a, as a punt returner? No. No. Yeah. They've yeah. legislated it out of the game. Yeah. You know, and, you know, not everybody gets Percy Harvin punting to them. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, hey, I, and, I, and I admit I'm, I'm old school. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the robo ump's. you know, I, I, I get it, I guess,
0: but I'm not uh, either. I'll just but, embrace you know, it what, like everything else.
2: Yeah. But what, what question I have, you know, it, Josh was saying it, it's going to be a like a challenge system, but the the last I had heard, and, and maybe this has changed, wasn't it like two challenges a game is
3: mm-hmm.
2: all that you're allowed. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I I don't
0: I don't you know I guess that's whatever, but uh, that doesn't. Uh, it, yeah, you I, wait for something really egregious, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, when you're yeah. in major leagues, you, I mean, you could exhaust that in the first inning, right? Absolutely, no, you could, and yeah. and so I I guess what I'm saying is, yes, Josh says there's no limit if you keep getting it right, right. But we know we know what they would do, right? So it, it, you'd be out of them by the second or third inning anyway.
2: Yeah,
0: and it, it it slows the game that they've just tried so desperately to speed up. You know, let's say it does happen fifteen times, and you're right fifteen times, and the other team does it fifteen times, and they're right fifteen times. We we've watched these pitchers; we know what we're talking about. And we're going to create what we've created in the NFL, which is you can't even celebrate until you've waited to make yeah. sure all the rollings have been. I mean, like last night, last pitch of that ball game, curveball, top of the zone, it was a strike. Probably. I've seen that called a ball. I wouldn't have freaked out if it was called a ball. Right. But it's strike. Instantaneously, the umpire says strike. There's no argument. That's a strikeout. We know that's a strikeout. What would yeah. that? What would that moment be if there's a challenge system? Challenge, it's close, right? It's a challenge. Right. I got a challenge left. I've been keeping it in my pocket. That's how the World Series is going to end every friggin' year.
1: Yeah, it. You know, the more we've talked about it, I think that like I'd rather just tear. If we're gonna go there. Let's just tear the bandaid off completely. Just do and it. Be right. Be, be, yeah, because if you're saying it's definitely right, the technology is right by the time that they roll it out, and it's full, it's foolproof.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why would we? Why would we screw around with that and not just go to it and not have to <clears throat> sit there and and play this this game within a game within a game every game? That, <clears throat> that sounds that sounds weird to me.
0: Yeah. If you're yeah. gonna do it, do it. And and if you're not gonna do it, can you quit threatening and just like do something to make the umpires accountable for not being right? You know, like I'm not saying you gotta find them, but you know, maybe you don't get to do the playoffs unless you're right this percentage of the time or something. You know, like yeah, you know, hey, maybe it was a little distasteful that you dumped that guy just because he threw his bat down two inches closer to you than you like, you know, like, right. Let's, let's just have some standards for, for it. It's a hard gig. I think everybody likes, um, understands the situation and wants to be cool. But like sports has the genie's out of the bottle on replay and all that stuff. So all I'm saying is before you open another bottle, really make sure that you've thought it through and thought, what it's going to do to the game because everything that Rob Manfred just said about pitching is going to get worse.
1: Yeah. Well, you even said about like at the end of a game waiting to see what the challenge was is like, but was it like the sixth inning and, and, um, was it gallon uh, he 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 made a big pitch and he had some big time emotion with it and then you're gonna make him look like a jackass because yep. 10 seconds later they overturned it you know like ugh, come on i mean you're even
0: like, right now like i don't know i was at a, a game against la this year um brian hayes throws the ball across the diamond gets the out Jog off the field. He throws the ball up in the stands. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. Come back, like, after about a minute and a half. And here, during the TV break, they have reviewed it. Turns out, guy was safe. So we're actually still in the bottom half of the end. I'm just picturing, like, what replay does to just everyday baseball games. That stuff drives me nuts. And did they get it right? Yes, they got it right. Okay. Hooray.
1: <laughs> and, and 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 yeah they'll get it they'll it'll be really quick i know that because they'll just know right like it's just gonna yeah. be like a challenge okay it was what but it still takes emotion out of it whenever you still have to do that and you're if you're wrong or as a batter like you know you think you've just you think you've just battled for this big walk you know and uh you turn to your dugout you know you do your you do your signs to them and whatever and <laughs> next thing you know, they're like, sorry, buddy, uh, that's, you got caught looking and I just, yeah, that to me sounds a little comical. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm not, I'm not anxious for any of it. And then the the check swing detector that will develop because that's got to happen too, right? They'll oh, put weighted sensors in the bats so they can tell how hard you swung in the first place and oh, where it moved yes. to. It's going to be just great. It's turning to splurring ball, Jim, it is. Squaring ball for sure. Oh
1: man, I'm getting too old for this shit. That's all I know.
0: <laughs> Just well, give us our
2: game back.
1: I'll tell you what.
0: We've blathered on for a long time tonight. We got to stop. Um, but welcome to the off season, everybody. It's yeah. it's going to be a good time, I think. Um, next week, Jim and I are going to have a pitching expert on, and we are going to talk about all kinds of cool things that we spout about. We're gonna hear from a pro why they matter, things like tunneling, um, understanding how pitch mixes are developed. Um, why does a guy lose velocity? What does it mean when a guy loses velocity? What are some of the reasons he could lose velocity? Just we're gonna we're gonna hear it from the horse's mouth and hopefully come out of it understanding some things better.
1: And I, and I have a feeling that whole why do guys maybe lose velocity thing might make pirate fans ears, you know, per- perk up yeah, just, yeah, a, yeah. just a tiny little bit. It's, you know, I know we haven't had to deal with that, but just in case we ever do. Right.
0: I mean, well, here, it's it's either Matt Canada or Andy Haynes. So <laughs> one of those messed it up, I'm sure. So that's all I got, though. Um, Grace, hey, how do people talk. get a hold of you? <laughs>
2: Hey everybody. I'm voice from the graves. You can find me on Twitter um, at KG underscore 55 DFTG. I'm there pretty much all the time, every day.
0: All right. And Jim, did Ben get all the candy that he wants and did you steal all the good stuff?
1: You know what? He's got a ton. I've only had two pieces. Um, we'll see how that last tonight during the Steelers game as I eat myself into a depression. But, uh, you know, so uh, all is good. He had a blast. We got the Steelers tonight. Let's hope that when by the time people listen to this, they've won. And, um, yeah. So, hey, we need it here in Pittsburgh. Things are a little rough right now, guys.
0: Yeah. Somebody's got to do something. All right, everybody. I'm going to say it for us here on video. Let's go, Bucks. And then I'm going to toss it off to my buddy Ben, who's filled to the brim with with candy because his father is not doing the right thing and eating all of it. That's what fathers are supposed to do. So, yeah. Ben, go ahead and glurg out. Let's go, Bucks, as best you can.
2: Let's go Bucks!